Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Speaking of an amazing, Phil Tuttering has just joined us on the line, which is absolutely fantastic this morning. Uh, Phil, let's kick it off with uh, Hideki Matsuyama, who's uh, had a pretty good last 12 months when you think about it. Uh, he wins the Zozo tournament in his own country. Uh, tell us a wee bit about this fellow and his status now in Japan. Oh, Godlike, Smitty. Morning to you, mate. Godlike is uh, Matsuyama. And look, he's, he's, he's gone about it in a, in a slightly different way. There's a, there's a number of promising young amateurs that, um, that race to the pay for play ranks. Matsuyama, after winning the Asian Amateur a couple of times and having a couple of runs at Augusta National and being exposed to the world's media and performing, elected to stay in Japan and, and, and complete university. Um, you know, time time is uh, his time has come. That's for sure. I think that a, a number of people around the golfing world were wondering when Matsuyama or someone other than um, oh, geez, the Korean guy that beat uh, that beat Tiger in the PGA a few years back, another Asian what? player would win a major championship. Was it Yang? And, yeah, Wei Yang. That's it. Got up, Smitty. Well done. Um, I think you're supposed to call me up for these sorts of names, but uh, but well done. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, but but I think everyone was kind of waiting around. Okay, yeah, look, Matsuyama's been close. When's it going to happen? And um, fair to say, that maybe going into Augusta earlier this year, he wasn't the name that was running off everyone's tongue. Um, but it's been one of those years. Uh, it's been a big year for Japanese sport or Japanese golf all round. With um, young lady winning the the Asian Women's, excuse me, Augusta National Women's Amateur. Um, they've got the top young men's amateur in the world. Uh, if you take into account the uh, the young lady, Anomi, that uh, won the silver medal in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xander mm-hmm. Shoffley has got connections to Japan. Hideki going back and winning this past week is most probably capping off a huge year for the game uh, in that country. So um, it, it, he hasn't inspired everybody to all of those achievements, but it's fair to say that uh, his work over the last handful of years and the person that he is, uh, slightly more reserved, uh, still stays in his uh, university dorm when he goes back to to Japan and to play in Tokyo. Um, more understated than than some other personalities, I think he's having a huge, huge impact on the sport in Japan. Interesting. I'll never forget the shot of his caddy at the Masters uh, mm. when he went back to get the the 18th flag, standing there and bowing to the course. And I thought. How spiritual and how amazing was that when you see some of the celebrations between players and caddies, etc., that a caddy would stop to do that and uh, just what it meant to the caddy himself, which which uh, sparked a question to me about, I was thinking about it during the week about caddies and 
I, I, I don't know whether I'm watching the coverage too closely or not, but it just seems to me, Phil, that caddies are m- more influential now than uh, perhaps they used to be, and I don't know if it's a good thing. Uh, they've got green reading books, they've got yardage books, which I, I, I can completely understand, but we've got them lying on the greens reading putts now. I, I, I just, I, I'm not sure about it. Am I old school? Yeah, no, you, I like you being a little bit old school, Smithy, and it's good to question it. Uh, I think there, you know, there's a fair bit of dough on the line, right, for not only the player, but for the caddy as well, the, the percentages that they get paid out of a, a player's cheque. And, um, I mean, Matsuyama banked a cheque for about just under $2 million bucks there uh, on the weekend, 10% of that's not a bad take for, for a caddy. So they're, they're out there basically turning over every leaf and covering every stone. They're making sure that they're providing their players with as much good information as possible. There are those that are old school and uh, know their craft, a.k.a. a, a, a Steve Williams, who it, it, certainly uh, Steve did his homework, but he, he mostly did more of his homework on the player, the personality uh, of which he was caring for. And at times, Tiger required a lot of information. At times, he required very little. In actual fact, in times, Steve actually gave him poor information, the wrong information, to ensure that Tiger got the right feel in his mind for the shot. If he gave him the accurate information, it might not have actually worked out. And he's admitted as much that he's actually given Tiger bad numbers to account for all the adrenaline that was going through his body. So, look, there are a number of different strokes for different folks. Um, it, it, that you know, Some players want, want every inch of information. Some players want a yardage. They want a club, and they want their caddy to get the hell out of the way. And ultimately, it's, um, it's having an effective... Um, effective relationship that that you know correlates into performance. Okay, let's uh, look at uh, some of the New Zealand performances uh, in the last uh, seven or days or so, and uh, not a not a happy ending in the end for Amelia Garvey. Uh, she was right in contention inside the top forty-five, which where she needed to be uh, in the last of the four qualifying rounds, and shot seventy-four to miss by three. Heartbreaking, but very young. Yeah, you're right, Smithy. I was following her there over the weekend and, and off to a nice start, 70, 71, 73, 74, the last two rounds, and maybe just didn't quite have her best stuff. Maybe it kind of got to that point where you were you know, keeping an eye on the scoreboard for, for Amelia. Um, it, look, heartbreaking, um, it, sure, in that you're chasing your dream and you want to achieve it quickly. You all, all remember when you're 22, 23, you wanted to get to the destination quickly, right? Um, but I think actually having having that del- that journey delayed a little bit and going on the windy road, and she's got some conditional status for the Symmetra Tour, so that's the secondary tour on the on the women's, and we've had um, a Juliana Alvarez out there um, this year. We had a few players that have been you know tinkering around and trying to get their breakthrough. Look, what she needs to play is just tournament golf. And she will certainly learn from that. She's going to be around a lot of friends who she went to college with, that uh, that are going to be playing that tour. And sometimes, Smithy, when you you know when you're forced to take the windy road, uh, once you get on the expressway, you can put your foot down. And and I think for Amelia, she's certainly got the game that can compete out on the LPGA tour. She's just been forced to learn a few other different things by delaying that uh, delaying that step. Lydia Coke shooting uh, or equaling a course record in the final round and just got better and better as that uh, last event she played and uh, went through and finishing, what, third equal in the end. So no, a nice check, not that the money probably matters to her, but 
in terms of confidence going forward, uh, I think a, a really su- successful week. Yeah, another another successful week for, for Lydia. She's you know she's tracking about a hundred grand a week at the moment, um, and so you know that's that's a decent week's work. She's had a couple of weeks off and spending some time around some family back in uh, in South Korea, and took her a little took a little while to get the engine warmed up by the looks of things the first couple of days but seems like she was in full flight um, with that final round on Sunday and and look now she's going to return to the States, got two more tournaments on the LPGA Tour. Uh, She's mostly going to have to win both of them to put her her head in the ring for um, for player of the year status. I, I think that's most probably going to go to either Nelly Corder or the winner last week, Jin Young Ko, who picked up her fourth win. Some sort of tear that she's on at the moment. Some of the three wins in her last mm. seven starts. You know, she finished second in a, another top six finish in the, in the other couple. Uh, we were talking about her a couple of weeks ago where she had 14 rounds on the trot under under 70. Uh, she shot 71 in the first round last week and then two rounds in the, uh, in, in the low 60s to end up taking out the tournament. So she's most probably the hottest player on the planet right now. Nelly Korda um, has certainly had a hot summer and, and picking up that gold medal in Tokyo capped off a couple of wins for her throughout the um, the Northern Hemisphere summer. So they're most probably the two that are duking it out at the top. But Lydia's had an an incredibly consistent season, racking up top tens um, left, right and centre. And I think more than anything, that just keeps the momentum going. Um, when you have weeks where you finish down the back of the bus, you might be scraping around the cut line, this, that and the other. You end up finding too much to work on in your game. Whether you need to work on it or not, you find stuff to work on. I think when you're when you're in that top 10, you're, you're contending, you're kind of getting feels for shooting rounds in the low 60s, you're making a lot of birdies, etc. You just kind of turn up and, and flick the on switch and, and, and the game's so much more fun when you're, uh, when you're in that position to be able to do that. And that's certainly what she's she's been in, the mode that she's been in pretty much throughout the course of the season. Ryan Fox able to put a full stop on the season um, and I, I kind of got the feeling and I think the commentators actually intimated it that he was battling a little bit with an ear infection but his, his heart may well have been on the plane back to New Zealand because he'd been waiting for a spot so long to get home um, so it wasn't uh, surprising that his last showing wasn't his uh, best by any stretch of the imagination but in the end he got the job done. Yeah, he did. Smith. He's finished uh, well. He's, right now, he's seventy sixth on the um, on the standings in, in Europe. So, as much will be a little ways off from being in that race to Dubai finale, which is um, what in about three weeks' time. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's been a tough season. I, I, I talked to to Ryan at the start of the year. My predictions for him were that this was going to be one of the more challenging of his young professional career to, to date. Um, just purely based around schedule and how much he's connected to New Zealand. Um, and I say that not, not only just from his family, but there's the, the time that he spends back here recharges the batteries. We, we know that he loves the fish. Um, and, he, and, and the time away from the golf course sometimes can be equally as important as the time working on your game on the, on the course and on the track. And for Ryan, I think he needs that time to, to rest, recharge, uh, retool. Re, re and uh, he hasn't seen Marcus, his coach, in person since um, early May. And I think the way that he just battled through, um, you know, is is testament to, you know, I think a lot of athletes are talking about this, Smithy, at the moment, that, you know, the playing conditions have been incredibly challenging, way more so than you see on the telly or read in the newspaper. 
Um, and, you know, you, you put what they're playing for to the side, just the conditions when you're being removed from family. Um, everyone's got lives, everyone's got other things going on. And, and so the fact that he's been able to battle through, get a couple of decent performances at the back end of the year, um, big bonus that he's able to get that MIQ spot and be back. And he's in, looking forward to um, to a big summer being able to rest and retool and recharge and maybe kind of replan and reassess where he's at in his career, 34 years of age now. He's had a win on the European Tour. What's this next stage of his career like? Um, and and, and what, are the, what are the goals that he wants to achieve over the next five years or so? Phil Tauteringi with us. Uh, finally, Phil, uh, this November you've got a promotion going uh, and you've also got a Whisker Series uh, podcast going as well, uh, released every Friday uh, only on the SENZ app. Uh, have you got a subject uh, this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to kick it off with um, actually talking to Rob Dunn, who I spoke to a couple of weeks ago. He's the country manager for Movember, so we're, we'll kind of set things up, set, set the framework really for... For the whole month of November, I mean, a lot, lot of, lot of, you know, blokes like to grow a little bit of facial hair and be a little bit more casual with the razor over the over the course of, of November, for a bit of fun with their with their buddies. Um, there's something really serious that sits in behind it, and it's driving the awareness for not only prostate case, cancer, testicular cancer, but men's mental health and well-being and suicide prevention. There's a lot of people doing really good work in this sector. Um, but Movember have, have you know, put a campaign together and, and have been really driving awareness and raising funds as well. And so Rob's going to kick us off with, um, with with kind of some of that framework and why people um, maybe should, should look to get involved, men and women. Um, and then I was just talking with uh, Slade McFarlane. He's going to be our subject next week. I talked to Rachel McGowan, former Blackstick. She's, um, she's going to come on. She's got a podcast of her own. And, and she's now in player welfare for New Zealand football. And so had a really interesting chat to her the other day. And, and at, at the risk of actually hitting play and saying, Rachel, this conversation's great. Let's save some of this material when we, when we do actually play the podcast. So a lo- lot of interesting subjects um, throughout the course of uh, the month of November. Smithy, really looking for forward to, to having some of those chats and sharing some of those insights with um, with our audiences. Good on you, Phil. Thanks very much. And as always, tee it up with Phil, 7 o'clock on Saturday mornings as well. Very busy part of our show here on SCNZ.